Jesus Christ. The person of Jesus Christ, as he is described in the Bible, is the preeminent Christian doctrine that the New Age movement is trying to subvert. New Agers remove the person and therefore the personality of Jesus Christ and his deity, or his identity as God and part of the Trinity, by claiming that Jesus Christ was not the Christ, the Son of the living God, as stated in John chapter 17, verse 3, uh, quote, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent, unquote. Adherents to the New Age movement believe in what they call a Christ consciousness, which, when defined, states that Jesus Christ was not God, but rather an ascended master who was able to attain Christ consciousness. New Agers also believe that other ascended masters achieved this Christ consciousness. They claim that Muhammad of Islam, Buddha, of Buddhism, and Krishna of Hinduism, among others, were all ascended masters who achieved a level of enlightenment parallel to what Jesus Christ attained. This is just one of the ways that the New Age movement attempts to reinvent Jesus Christ and remove his actual and factual deity. This New Age movement doctrine also directly tries to eradicate, eradicate the Christian doctrine of the Trinity by claiming that since Jesus Christ was only an ascended master, just a man who attained a high level of enlightenment, that he could not have been part of the triune nature of God, as the Bible clearly states he was. Christians know that this New Age philosophical thought is totally heretical for Jesus himself shortly before his crucifixion, verified his deity before an illegal trial held in order to convict him of blasphemy, as found in Mark chapter 14, verses 60 to 62. And I quote, And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Unquote. You'll note that the high priest did not ask Jesus if he was a Christ. He asked him if he was the Christ. Let's examine the Nam doctrine of good and evil. Again, noting that New Age thinking is really just age-old occultism, it is necessary to comment on the New Age movement's philosophical thought on good and evil. While the Bible clearly delineates that both good and evil do exist, the New Age movement's belief system muddies the water where this is concerned. The New Age movement promotes the concept that all is one, and because of that concept, there can be no real distinction between good and evil. 
New Age movement adherents believe that man can transcend his earthly consciousness and elevate himself beyond normal moral boundaries, so that basically, any action a man undertakes, no matter how morally repugnant, could be construed as perfectly acceptable if he has transcended to a higher state of being. It is interesting to note that all the ancient Eastern religions subscribe to this particular philosophical New Age thought. But it's really not so new, guys. Really not so new. How about the destiny of man? The basic premise of New Age thinking is that, plainly stated, man is his own source of salvation. New Agers believe that man is ultimately responsible for his own salvation, and that salvation can be attained through gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S, or experiential knowledge. New Age movement adherents believe that when the world's population can achieve Christ consciousness and turn their energies toward peace, then the world, all of humanity, will be able to save itself. Thus, there is no need for a transcendent God with a divine nature to save us because we are God, according to New Age movement thinking. This New Age movement doctrine is also in direct contravention with the Bible because it attacks the Christian doctrines of salvation, redemption, justification, and sanctification, among many others. This is heresy of the highest order. God. It is imperative that Christians and non-believers alike understand that the New Age thinking concerning God and his deity are the most dangerous and heretical and lie at the root of all New Age thinking, becoming an apostate disease that will ultimately spread to all branches of Christianity, attempting to kill it off completely. The fundamental, the fundamental New Age movement uh, philosophy concerning God is that God is an impersonal force that lives within each of us as human beings, as well as in every molecule of creation in the universe. This philosophical thought is the very heart of what is taught in ancient Eastern occult belief systems, such as Buddhism, Hinduism, and Taoism. These occult systems teach that all is God and that God is in everything. This belief is what is known as monism, which is the belief that God is an essence, not a person, and that this essence is part of everything in the universe. Also very much at the heart of these heretical beliefs is pantheism, which states that everything that exists in creation actually is God. New Age movement adherents claim that since everything in creation is connected or intertwined with God, that everything in the universe must be God. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the New Age movement believes that since every molecule of your physical being is connected to God, that you yourself are God also. Excuse me while I take a drink. Ah, thank you. 
this perverse belief sounds blatantly like the very thought process that resulted in Satan being expelled from heaven by God himself. Listen to what the Bible says about it in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. Quote, How art thou fallen, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Unquote. You see, the New Age movement is proposing to you that it is possible for you to elevate yourself to the status and supremacy of God himself. This is the very same philosophical thought that Satan applied to himself, and it resulted in his excommunication from heaven. The New Age movement is proposing that you do the very same thing that Lucifer himself did. Bearing in mind the penalty that Lucifer incurred, why would you be willing to incur the same penalty? You will incur, incur the same penalty if you choose to succumb to your own pride and elevate yourself to the status of God himself. This is exactly what makes this New Age movement philosophy so dangerous to us as humans. I beg of you, do not be fooled. I have attempted here to review just the most obvious aspects of the vast disparity between true Christian doctrines and those heretical apostate doctrines of the New Age movement, and how they are interconnected with the purpose-driven and emergent church movements, although there are many more which I will discuss with you as you read further into this book. I will show you how these false belief systems are intertwined with this new brand of Christianity, and how they are also connected to the world's political, economic, and religious institutions, I am certain that you will be amazed and probably horrified if you're a fundamental Bible-believing Christian when you see what the New Age movement is really up to. Chapter 5, The New and Improved Christianity. While researching for this book, I came to the decision to focus on the Purpose Driven Books by Dr. Rick Warren, and A New Kind of Christianity, Ten Questions That Are Transforming the Faith by Brian McLaren, because I found them to be the books that were attempting to introduce New Age thought into the church in either the most innocuous way, Purpose Driven, or the most blatant, non-secretive way, A New Kind of Christianity. Warren and McLaren are of the same New Age mind, but have chosen to introduce their New Age thoughts and principles in opposite manners. Dr. Warren employs a softer, quieter method of consciousness change by appealing to the individual's need for finding his or her purpose in life or his or her own self-fulfillment, while McLaren employs a more in-your-face, confrontational, outright contradictory approach that questions the very source of inspiration of the Bible 
It's inerrancy and infallibility, and which is the bedrock of, of Christianity. McLaren masterfully disguises this outright attempt to raise the very foundations and fundamentals of Christianity by admitting to us that this quest for a new kind of Christianity is actually a betrayal, but that this betrayal of the faith is a noble thing to do. McLaren says this in plain English in his book, A New Kind of Christianity, on page 18, paragraph 4, where he says, quote, If our quest is a betrayal, it is only the most faithful kind of betrayal, a betrayal of the actualities of the past and present to seize the future possibilities toward which they reached. If it is a critique of the past, it is a critique of only the worst moments while simultaneously celebrating the best moments and the best aspirations and moving forward, thus instructed and inspired. Unquote. Well, there it is, plainly stated. If that is not plain enough language stating that this quest for a new kind of Christianity is a betrayal, allow me to use even plainer English. McLaren is telling you, the Christian, that you should keep what you think is relevant to Christianity and completely discard what you deem irrelevant. He is saying that it is okay to throw out what you don't like about the Bible and keep whatever it is that you do like about it and call it your own Christianity. Nothing, I repeat, nothing could be further from the truth. Operating in this manner means that you will be questioning the validity of the Bible in many areas, questioning its authority and its inspiration. I will be blunt. If you question the authority or the inerrancy and inspiration of the Bible, then you are not a Christian. McLaren concentrates his focus on questioning the Bible's authority in 10 main questions around which he wants to redefine Christianity. In a moment, we will look at those 10 questions and discuss them, but first I think we need to ask, why does McLaren think there should be a new Christianity? The answer is that this emergent New Age movement thought system seeks to redefine Christianity out of a perceived need for the church to adapt to cultural changes in our society. Evidently, according to McLaren and Warren, and others inclined to this emergent church philosophy, the current church model that we have had for such a long time is old, outdated, and out of touch with mainstream society today. According to them, the church is archaic and myopic, unable to see that it needs to adapt and change in order to meet the needs of the postmodern culture of our present day. They even go as far as to characterize the church as afraid to change, afraid to face or answer questions, <laughs> much like a school bully in the third grade calling another kid chicken in order to shame him into doing something he knows is wrong. These new age emergent thinkers are telling you that you should be ashamed of yourself for not compromising your beliefs. They are telling you that you should be embarrassed for having strong faith and strong unwavering principle. They're telling you that you are a relic 
for standing firm and loving and cherishing your faith and loving and defending the word of God. This shaming tactic is the primary tactic used by these new age emergent types as their weapon of choice to try and beat you down into a surrender of your beliefs and a compromise of your faith. Let's look at a few examples of it. On the back cover of McLaren's A New Kind of Christianity, the question is printed in bold letters. Oh, you're going to love this. What would Christianity look like if we weren't afraid of questions? Unquote. We're not. Here are some quotes from the text of his book. Quote, but who would be so pristinely arrogant or demonically naive to claim to be right on par with Jesus? Unquote. That was page 26, paragraph 2, A New Kind of Christianity. <clears throat> Excuse me. Another quote. Aren't all Christians of all denominations fully unified in the realization that what we have become is not a continuing faithful embodiment of Jesus, but rather, too often, a Disney-esque simulacrum, sometimes a tired fossilization, in some cases even a comic parody or tragic catastrophe or veritable travesty when compared to the vibrant life and way of Jesus? Unquote. Page 26, paragraph 1, A New Kind of Christianity. You can see the obvious shaming tactic here, can't you? McLaren even goes further by characterizing most Christians as prisoners of their own faith when they refuse to question the fundamental doctrines of their faith. Listen to this. <laughs> he says, quote, You can't go on a quest if you're locked in a closet, cell, or concentration camp. And you won't go on a quest if your captivity is sufficiently comfortable. That's where we find ourselves, in a real-life version of the classic movie, The Truman Show. We live in a comfortable captivity. Everywhere we turn, we are surrounded by padded chairs, nice broadcasts of music and teaching, pleasant lighting and polite neighbors, all designed and integrated to keep us content under the dome. Life inside the dome is so perfect that every day we feel a little more afraid of the cold, unedited world outside. The chains, locks, and barbed wire that hold us are usually disguised so well that they have a homey feel to us. We see our guards not as guards at all, but as pleasant custodians in clerical robes or casual suits. They've been to graduate school where many of them mastered the techniques of friendly manipulation always with a penetrating smile and a firm, heavy hand on the shoulder. We like them. They like us. The high-tech security system that holds us inside the dome can be unlocked should we ever wish to leave. And the key is a question. When you ask it, something clicks and you are free. Unquote. And that's from book one, Unlocking and Opening a New Kind of Christianity. McLaren is stating here that we are captives to the uh, traditional Christian faith. 
that we are allowing ourselves to be restricted, much like Satan had told Eve in the garden. He told Eve that God placed restrictions on she and Adam because God didn't want them to be completely like him. So it was okay to question God's authority as creator. Do you see the parallel to Satan's original lie to mankind here? Sounds suspiciously similar, doesn't it? Yes, just question the authority of God's word. It's okay. Then you will be free. And McLaren is right to agree. To a degree, you will be free. Free to exercise the free will that God created you with. What Mr. McLaren is not reminding you of, however, is that man, in his imperfect state because of original sin, has a very poor track record where making the right decisions is concerned. Because of our pride, which makes us susceptible of being led astray by Satan, we will, more often than not, make the wrong decision for ourselves when we begin trying to operate our lives outside of the will of God. In short, McLaren is telling us that we should question everything. It was a lie when Satan spoke it in the garden, and it is a lie today. It hasn't changed. McLaren and Warren want us to imagine a better form of Christianity, and the Bible addresses this very pointedly in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, and I quote, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, unquote. The Bible explicitly states that we are not to corrupt our minds with heady, high-minded philosophies of thought that are contrary to what God states in his holy word. Corinthians 11, uh, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3 says, quote, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Unquote. Folks, the message of Christ is simple. It's not heady or high-minded or supremely intellectual at all. It is simple on purpose. It is simple enough to be understood by every person. What is the true gospel message of Christ? Let's take a look and see how truly simple it is. John 3.16 says, quote, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life, unquote. John 3, 17, quote, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, unquote. John 3, 18, quote, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Unquote. That's fairly simple and straightforward, isn't it? God has given you a choice. He wants you to make the right one. That's all. No need to make it more difficult than it is. 
There's no need to read anything more into it than is there. However, that's what the New Age emergent purpose-driven advocates want you to do. They're not satisfied with what's in the Bible, and they want you to be dissatisfied too. Ah, yes. Satan's oldest tactic is still hard at work attempting to deceive you. Ladies and gentlemen, at this point, we will take another break, and we will continue in our next episode tomorrow morning uh, as we finish chapter 5 and move into chapter 6 of the Judas epidemic exposing the betrayal of the Christian faith in church and government. Thank you for being with us tonight, and look for us tomorrow morning as we continue our audiobook reading. May God bless you. This is the Christian Underground News Network signing off for now. See you tomorrow.